art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Let's go to the bar. Welcome to the Romance Bar. Good afternoon, Gata. Good afternoon, Colleen. Wow. Two recording sessions almost in a row that uh, we're recording in the afternoon. I'm like, this is this is very strange to see daylight out while we're recording. I know, right? Wow. Um, I know. And since I said, hey, it's a recording day, I said, let me stop at our lovely friend, Sips and Maker, and I got myself Sips and Maker, but I put it in the Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animal cup. Oh, I watched, <laughs> do you know I watched Home Alone the other day? The first one or the second one? The first one. Okay. Of course, I'm going to rewatch them on Christmas Day. That's just a thing. But um, I was so, I was like, oh my God, I wish, um, you know. Uh, Home Alone, the second one, is the reason why I wanted to move to New York. Oh, really? No, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember um, Home Alone 2, the second one. Um, if we could magically edit out a certain part of it, it would be great, but it's not going to happen. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, but there, I, I remember, and uh, husband and I have talked about this quite a bit, um, where the marketing campaign after Home Alone 2, he has that walkie talk, that, that, um, that, cause you know, the thing that he records into the amount, like every, every kid wanted that thing. I know. And then they had the girl version, which was pink and purple. I'm like, I, I just, I just remember I wanted it so bad. And like every kid that I knew also wanted it so bad because of that movie. It was just like, oh, my God, this thing looks so amazing. Mm -hmm. And even watching it now, it's just the nostalgia of we wanted that thing so bad to pull off. Yeah. That now. And of course, Home Alone 2, the, the, the best bits of both movies is when he's playing the old movie that was just made for the movie. Um, and he like tricks them into thinking it's an actual person. You know, when he goes the Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, that whole bit. Yeah. I was just like the second part. And they're like, there's a gun crazed maniac in a hotel. I was like, Oh man, this, this could not get, this yeah. would not go over well today. No, but it's, but it's still okay to watch for, you know, cause it's a, a remembrance of the time, but those, the first two are the ones to acknowledge. We ignore the other ones that yeah time. oh i don't even know what the other ones are he, no. they're not they're not they're not home alone i don't know what they are yeah not not very good and the crux of both home alone one and two is buzz is a jerk buzz is the jerk of the whole family he is he's the reason home alone happens <laughs> i'm convinced um yeah for sure did you see on twitter uh the mom uh the great Catherine recreated the whole Kevin and her falling over. No, I didn't see that. Send it to me, please. Yes, I will. Um, Cause you know, God and I don't talk enough <laughs> to each other on this podcast that like the constant back and forth between our, between 
each other on Twitter on our uh, <laughs> podcast's Twitter, which we have to talk about in one minute, and then with each other about the pod and then just random things that happen. We're like, oh my God, no, save it for the pod. Oh, or no, oh, wait, did you see this thing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that we now have more content out- <laughs> outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yes, um, I will. I will send it to you. But Gata, we have exciting news from our our uh, show's Twitter Instagram account. So I didn't see the Twitter one. I think you saw the Twitter one. But on Instagram, we posted the latest episode, which was the um, all the way all the ways to ruin a rogue. Because um, we record like there is an episode in between. Um, so our not last episode, the episode before that was all the ways to run a rogue and we posted it and we got, um, a retweet, a repost on Instagram from Sophie Jordan, but not only that she messaged us and, um, and her message was like, because, um, I believe she's in Texas. So it was very Southern and I loved it so much. Um, wait, it's not Tessa. It's Sophie Jordan. Did I say Sophie Jordan or yes, did you I did. say t- you said oh, God. Sophie? Okay. I I'm telling you, my mind is foggy. Okay. Delete this part, this part. Okay. No, you said, you said it right, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I think she's in from Texas and it just made me so happy. And she messaged us, um, on our Instagram saying y'all are a delight with capital, um, uh, like delight in capital letters and thanks. And I died and I, I must, I sent, uh, Colleen, um, a screenshot and I was like, Colleen, I'm dead. And it just, it was fantastic. Cause she definitely listened to it. If, if, uh, she thinks we're a delight, I hope she enjoyed it. I hope she liked it. And I just want to let her know it's not going to be the last time. Sophie. No, no, it is not. <laughs> I said to Gada as I was finishing up tonight's today's book that I was like, okay, my, cause you know, I think, Anybody who listens to this podcast, whether this is your first episode, welcome. Whether this is your, you've been with episode one or the prequel episode, um, we, our to be read list has gotten exponentially longer. Uh, and now, especially with the Bodice Ripper series, it has gotten, I was like, all right, that's it. I just need to read all the, their, every single book all of these authors have ever written. Um, and actually I was catching up, um, on Karen Rose in between episodes and gotta, you so, so need to read the book. I just finished reading by Karen Rose. You so need to read it. I need your thoughts. I need your, we don't have to discuss it on the pod. We can, if you want to, but I want your thoughts on into the dark. Um, it was a couple that I was waiting for for a while, but you can pick it up and read it and go back. It's fine. I, I have to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I feel the main character is like, if uh, Zadist were human, this would be him. Oh, I can't wait. I could be wrong. I want your opinion. I will. You could. But he's he's on the scale of his. He's on a scale of his own. He is. He is on the revenge scale. He's that's where he is. Nice. In my opinion. That is where I have put him, and that is not where you you can't have me budge him off that part. Um, but as for tonight's character, oh, he is he definitely. I was like, I adore this character. I adore this man. 
so much. I am going to say that up front. He is my favorite so far. <laughs> uh, but, um, yes. And there was something else I was going to tell you up front. And now, again, my oh. brain is also in a fog because I was so uh, taken aback by Jordan news. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I was just, I, I was shooketh. And I was like, oh, no, I want to tell God of things. But I'm like, oh, no, wait, save it for the podcast. <laughs> the exchange, the the text exchange that we were having. Oh, yes. The message that I sent you this morning. I can't. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So God, again, being in a complete fog, she goes, oh, what book are we doing today? I went, God, of all the books to not remember that we're doing today, it's this one. <laughs> And I, I knew it in the back of my head, but I was like, let me make sure because I, I didn't read it. And I'm like, oh God. Um, well, you've read it. Well, I didn't read it for tonight's episode. I've read it many, many times, but I didn't read it for the tonight episode. And it's important to, you know, be aware of the details because we do talk about, um, you know, details, uh, details. Yeah. But Don't like, I have you notes. know, I oh, thank you. Thank God. Copious amounts of notes, um, and and um, and then I uh, there's see I'm looking at through our text exchange, which by the way it's like <laughs> it's a it's long. Um, <laughs> we can't keep up. Yeah. I know that's why it's like I I have to learn the minute I say something, especially save it for the pod. Just screenshot it immediately because going back to find it is going to take forever. <laughs> Yeah, because the amount of stuff that we discuss in between recording, just it, it's like, oh no, we need content, and I'm like, oh, because I'm like, I wanted to tell you all about uh, my thoughts of the book, but I said, let me wait until the uh, episode occurs, because I was just like, I don't want to ruin anything that I say yeah. about, the, like, because I want yeah. you to have my. Uh, my fresh opinion. Like the same yeah. thing. When, okay, so now, uh, once I finished tonight's book, I started the book that we're doing next week. I've already read it. Gata has not. And there's, it's not really a sex scene. Characters get caught in the act of sex. And the na the, the way the scene is written um, and the way the narrator reads it, it, my husband was just like, what the heck? Like, that does not sound remotely attractive. And I was like, well, like, the sex scene is not really, like, it's it's not pertinent to the story. It, it is and it isn't pertinent to the story because it's not the main characters. So I'm like, no, it's not going. I'm like, so it's not supposed to sound attractive. And he's just like, it's making me think of, like, this does not sound appealing. And I was like, okay, you just put the wrong part. You just picked up on the wrong part of the book. The rest of the story gets really good. <laughs> All, but uh yeah so uh speaking of husband since we're talking about him so much <laughs> producer hi hi i was just talking about uh you overhearing part of the uh a sex scene in oh, one that. of the yeah well i mean you'll refute it to to the end but i swear that narrator was really bad at sex. <laughs> now, 
Because I, I, I swear, I mean, if anyone's listened to this or can go back to it, she, she literally said she was like moaning and she goes, ew, ew. Oh, ooh, ooh. And I'm yeah. like, wow. she's like, ew, Very ew. attractive. So like, I'm yeah. like, is this, if you've seen the movie, The Room, not, not the, the more popular one, the, uh, the cult classic. <laughs> Classic in quotation, but it, it's reminded me of that because he's he's trying to pretend he's a chicken. He's going cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> uh, a movie I will never be watching, yeah. even even the you... James Franco one. I'm not watching. Yeah. Well, I showed you a clip and you tried to kill me. Yes. Well, <laughs> speaking of clips, tonight's book is The Duke and I, the first of the Bridgerton series. Am uh-huh. I got a that is correct. It is the first of the Bridgerton series, which the Duke and I is basically the focus of the Netflix show, the Bridgerton. Bridger- <laughs> the Bridgertons. Um, um, and basically, it's it's. I think it's the first book, but it might include other aspects of other books in the series. Um, so- I'm very excited for that show. You have no idea. I'm, I'm also very excited that Colleen read this book because it's her first time reading this. Yes. So, John, yeah. now you know that there's a television show that is coming out that, speaking of Christmas Day, making him watch the first episode to get yeah, his you've, opinions. You've mentioned that before. I'm so, so now, looking forward to that. So what do you think the show and the book are about? It's called The Bridgertons? The show is called The Bridgertons, but the first book that we're discussing tonight is The Duke and I. Oh, so more Dukes. <laughs> there's many Dukes. In Bodice Rippers, there's a, so there's a, lot, of, there's so, a lot of Dukes. So John, okay, so John was, he does our posts. Uh, he, you know, edits and puts up, posts our episodes. So he goes, wait, and he's asking the authors for each and he goes but wait he he thinks the he thought the bodice rippers was like like the, the black like the black dagger brotherhood i said no it's god and i are just discussing bodice we've made our own bodice ripper series like a theme yes it's a theme and so he's like oh so it's a different author and i said yes there are many different authors in in our own theme it's not like jr mm-hmm. ward every single week well, keep, yeah. Keep in mind, I, I'm the one who's who suggested tagging the author in the the post uh, announcements. So yes. You're, first of all, you're welcome. Thank uh, you, dear. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Thank you, producer. <laughs> but I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait, is this the bodice ripper? But it's this. It's a different author. Are there different authors involved? Yes, of course. Yes, they are there. The bodice ripper is synonymous with the romance genre as like, you know, it's a historical part of the genre. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort yeah. of, sort of, kind of. I imagine Jamie Bum, a little bit. Uh that's Highland. That would be more Highlander. That's its own. That's its own. The genre. Highlander. But but it could be. It, it could be. It could be. But oh, we definitely should read some Highlander. Books. I mean, I that's have you know. Other- since you've had me watching Outlander, I know it's been a while, but he does rip her bodice a number of times. He does. He does very. Yes, he does. And we find out what's under the kilt. Um, All right. So anyway. So the um, Duke and I. So I'm not going to describe the Bridgertons. 
You can go right ahead. Go I don't ahead. know. It just sounds like something out of. It sounds like a, a spinoff of Downton Abbey. <laughs> it would be earlier than da- this. Would be the Downton Abbey predecessors. Oh, so it's the prequel to Downton Abbey. It's it's Maggie Smith. Sure. Uh, yeah. Not well. No, because Ma- no, it would be the one before Maggie Smith. You're right. Oh. Yes, it would yeah. be. Maggie Smith is mother or grandmother. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, she would be more of like when we were doing The Prince of Broadway, that would be her era. Because ah. that was the 1890s. This is uh-huh. the 1870s. 1817. So this is like 100 years before. I yeah. don't know. I've watched the first episode of Downton Abbey and you had me watch parts of the movie. <laughs> That's all I remember. Okay. So, well, at least he, he's a lot closer and it's not as far-fetched as... Some no. of his other synopsis. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Uh oh. Um. So, last time there was a duke involved, I said it was John Wayne Duke, the Duke. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering is it is it more, um, is it more like a duke, like a royal duke? Yes. Okay, so that's what they mean by the duke. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So going with the that. Title. So obviously it's a woman involved and she meets David Bowie because it was during his Thin White Duke phase. And he's like, sup, I'm David Bowie. <laughs> and uh, they have a lot of sex because he was a sexy man and he liked his sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he became a cat. <laughs> or whatever whatever else he's he's become he became the the goblin king mm. and he stole a baby the man with the power that whole what, pa- what power yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and i don't know how to end this i'll just say david bowie the end all right david bowie is the answer <laughs> to all things it should be it, it should be it should be but it's not in this case However, and, and then, then the sequel to the book was, uh, what was he? Yeah, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> no. Thank you, husband. You're welcome. Thank you, John. I guess bye. The, bye. Bye. John is being unlucky with the dukes and duchesses. And, um, however, I feel this is a weird segue. Since, you know, uh, David Bowie was married to the beautiful Iman, mm-hmm. I feel appropriate imagery for how the show is about to be set up. For the yes. Yes. yes, yes, that it does not matter. We're not really going to be talk- talking that much about the show this evening because we're saving that for another podcast. But, and I know we said this on the Tessa Dare Romancing the Duke episode, it has a very diverse cast. Um, and which we're all here for and excited to watch. So maybe, I don't know. I was trying to work the David Bowie thing into mm-hmm. there the best I could do. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't ask you, Gata, what you're drinking to uh, help us along with the Duke and I. Um, water today. I'm drinking water and trying to stay hydrated. That's important. Hydration yes. is important. Yes, so, so as we said, tonight's episode is The Duke and I by Miss Julia Quinn. I had never I've heard of it through Gata and other people that I used to work with. Um, I know that this is like a big one, like a Julia Quinn is a very big I mean, not that we haven't covered big names in romance, but I know she is 
a very big, a very large name in the romance, especially historical romance genre. And I think that's probably what led to her series being picked up by Netflix. The reason why the series got picked up by Netflix is because Shonda Rhimes is a reader of romance and the Bridgerton series is her favorite. That's a valid enough reason for me. Yeah, um, right? I wish. I wish Shonda read the other people too. <laughs> Let's make all of them yeah. uh, well, TV shows. Speaking of uh, revamps, and I know we discussed this, uh, True Blood is apparently getting a revamp according. Oh, don't, um, talk, don't tell Kim. I mean, she knows, but don't tell her. Um, because Kim is like I know not a fan. You know this. We talked. We talked about this with Kim, but like, oh my God, she was mad while she was rereading the series. And honestly, do they not have other um, ideas to to do? Like, if anything, make the Black Dagger Brotherhoods people. This yes, is a stupid thing. Uh, you want some sexy vampires where fa- with fangs placed appropriately. Yeah. And- and Alexander Skarsgård could totally be a part of that one as well. Yes, yes, he could. I'm just saying um, that. Yeah, that would be that should be a show, and I feel a lot of a lot of people would be on board with that, us included. Um, but so I, I want I forgot to address this maybe, um, but I know we said Outlander does not truly count as romance even though it's on our scale do you also think though that outlander has opened up the door for more more romance series to be adapted like the um i think i think outlander and we spoke about this in the last episode if you guys um listened i think outlander and also um 50 shades mm. I mean, as disputed as I said Fifty Shades was, I think, yes, it has opened up the door for these types of things. I think, like, Outlander is, like, um, book material-wise, like, I I think it just, um, like, for the historical... Now, this is, like, the show we know is not going to be... Uh, has been revamped somewhat. Yes, right. there are... Added characters to the yes. show, which we will discuss the show as well once yes. we watch it. We'll give you guys a week. <laughs> yes, we'll give you a whole week. I we'll have to a- watch it too because I have yeah. a lot of things to watch on Christmas Day. God is going to be watching Home Alone. I'm going to be watching Wonder Woman 1984. Um, um, Die Hard. Uh, well, that might be Christmas Eve. I don't. I, there's so much to watch. Like Christmas Day yeah. and a whole day. Plus, I'm making Christmas dinner. There's a lot of things I I got it. I might be yeah. baking more bread. Who knows? Who but, knows? So now I, um, again, I listened to it uh, on audio. It's about uh, 12 hours. So again, if you're doing um, uh, like a work day, so that's like a battle. Well, if you speed up the audio, the suggested audio speed was like 1.1. But mm-hmm. if you ramp it up, you could probably get through it in a work day. But I would say about two work days if you're going to, like, you know, consistently listen to it just at work. Um, Get through it and, um, you know, delve into it. Um, I obviously, and then I was like, wait a minute. If this, it threw me off because I was like, wait, the the prologue counted as a chapter. 
Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm thrown off because I'm trying to read it along with the book so I can write stuff down. And I'm like, wait a minute. They keep saying, oh, chapter 14. Oh, no, I'm actually on chapter 13. Let me go back. <laughs> um, so uh, our main character is Simon. And Gada, do you want to kick us off? Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings. <laughs> I just can't. I'm so excited. So I read Julia Quinn um, right after, I believe, I finished the Wallflower series by Lisa Kleypas. So Lisa was my first. Then I read Louisa James and I read um, um, other authors. Um, and then I read the, I stumbled upon the Duke and I uh, based on a recommendation from someone. And I don't remember who it was. And I got hooked because it's the whole family in the Bridgerton series. And then that series goes into the Smith, uh, the Smith Smythe series. And then that goes into a different one. And right now she's doing the prequels to the Pr- Bridgertons, which is, are also, also wonderful. So it's a whole world. So if you want to compare it to the J.R. Ward world, this is um, a lot of characters in one book. There's a lot of things happening. But the difference is that she focuses on the two main characters while everyone's still present um, in there. So the first book, which is called The Duke and I, is about Daphne um, Bridgerton, sister to uh, Anthony uh, Bridgerton, and uh, what's in Simon? Sorry, Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings. Simon um, was traveling the world for six years. Uh, so, okay, let me start from the beginning. The prequel that uh, Colleen is talking about, it starts with Simon, before Simon was born. Um, so the Duke of Hastings um, wife, the Duchess, was, was never able to carry a boy or any, uh, like to carry uh, through the term, through term, carry to term. Carried yes. to term. Yes. Um, she lost two children to still uh, as stillborns. She had multiple miscarriages, and everyone said she can't have any more babies. She will die. But she got pregnant, and they did everything in their power to make sure that this pregnancy goes through. So she have a child, and that child is uh, Simon, and then she dies uh, at on child. Uh, on child uh, during childbirth, the Duke is obsessed with his son, and he's going to carry the name of the Bassets, and he's going to be great. They're from the oldest families in England, and it's you know such a great honor, and oh you know blah blah blah. He um, leaves the child because the, it's it's a baby um, to the, his nurse to you know, and then he uh, for a year, then he comes back and he's like, all right, let's go. And she's like, no, the baby's only one year old. Leave him be. At two years old, Simon still hasn't spoken. At four years old, Simon still hasn't spoken. So basically, um, the uh, the Duke is like, I fathered an idiot. Um, what is, like, you know, he gets really upset and so into himself um, that he ups and leaves and says, I have no son. At six or eight years old, is it six or eight? Eleven. Is it eleven years old? Yeah. I'm no, not... he does speak. Oh, he, he does speak, but he stutters. Yes, which he stutters. And... A lot of people stutter, but, you know, at that time... The president-elect is a famous 
Stutter. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, people start, like, when you're nervous and there's, um, you know, like, anxiety and everything, you stutter, even if you don't, never started in your life. Imagine if someone who has that kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, King tongue George, tied. Yeah, King George. Fifth. Yeah, Queen the Elizabeth. father of Cleveland, Elizabeth. Yeah. A lot of famous, wonderful people stuttered and stutter. Um, so he stuttered and his father, you know, said, he's an idiot. I have no child. But what his nurse does is that she's like, we're going to prove him wrong. You're not an idiot. It's you're a smart boy. Um, it's going to be fine. So she, she teaches him techniques and work with him on his breathing and um, all of these things so that he can actually speak and take his time speaking uh, so that he can, you know, pronounce his words and, and not stutter as much. And they go into to London to show that he can, you know, he's uh, he's able to speak and he's not an idiot to to prove to his father. And they discover that the Duke has been saying he has no son, and he's like, "This is stupid." And he gets really angry and he says, "I'm not an idiot," um, but the Duke still, because he still stutters from, because he, so Simon gets really angry and, and um, anxious that he started in front of his father, even though, you know, he can speak and everything, uh, that the Duke dismisses him. So he goes back, and when he's of age, you, you learn later, later in the book, that when he's of age, he just goes to eat, eaten and fakes his, um, uh, fathers, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm the son of the Duke of Hastings. I'm the heir to the Dukeism. Um, I, you must have lost my papers in the mail, whatever. Yeah. And with his father's, like, I think the wording was with his father's arrogance. Yeah, he, he fakes yeah. his way into Eton, and then his father's like, well, you got some. You you got some smart yeah you yeah. you you you're smart and then he goes to Oxford and of course he's known after Oxford as a scholar and a a, a you know a, a rogue or whatever um, and a rake a scholar and a rake if I remember correctly yes. and then so his father's like oh yeah you're my son let me let's get to know each other uh, but he hated his father so much he left the country. For six years and didn't come back until after his father has passed so now it's his he came back to London and he is trying to meet his friends and of course he's an eligible bachelor um, Which, you know in the height of the season and the mamas of the ton uh, or the tone or whatever they're called the we'll find out the ton will find out um, you know, will will uh, gravitate towards him like honey. Okay. Um, and that's basically where we are. Okay. So now I, as I'm reading this, I'm writing down like references to all these other things. So the way each chapter starts is with mm. these gossip rags with Lady Whistledown. Whistledown, which gave me huge Gossip Girl vibes. I don't, did you watch Gossip Girl? No, I never did. Okay. So Lady Whistledown is, uh, when we read the first chapter, Lady Whistledown has been on the scene for three months. She's brand new um, in the sense that she wasn't there before. And she gets a lot of information correct, so they're all wondering, where, who is she? And she has to be part of high society because no one else is invited to those parties and has access to that information. Right. 
I know who Lady Whistledown is because I've read the series multiple times. Colleen doesn't, nor do you. Uh, <laughs> right. Nor do you, dear reader. You don't know. I have my suspicions, but I will not voice them until uh, after. Yes, I won't voice them here on the pod. I will. I have my thoughts. Yes, yeah, let me know privately. On, yeah. And God is not going to tell me if I'm right until I get to the oh, end. Oh, of course I'm not. <laughs> I know. I know how the, I know how she rolls. Um, we're, we're both Gemini's. So, uh, <laughs> so if Gossip Girl, very much the same premise, that was also a letdown of a series finale, just like True Blood. Um, but Gossip Girl was the, somebody who always knew everything that was going on. Um, in the world, and of course, she would always say XOXO, Gossip Girl. Um, so she she always knew everything that was going on in high society and was like spilling the beans on things that had happened. So um, I was getting Gossip Girl vibes, and now this was only first impression. It had changed as I was reading, but Miss Violet Bridgerton was giving me a little bit of Mrs. Bennett vibes. Just Violet? At, at first. At first. Uh... Only at first. I, that is a misguided impression. I am admitting it. I'm just saying. I was like, uh-oh. Because of how she's like, oh. But then I was like, nah. I will readjust it. The other one. The one who has the three daughters. Mrs. Featherton? That one I feel is more a little Mrs. Bennett. Am I wrong? Um, you are a little bit wrong, but not by much. Okay. So... Uh, now, uh, so Simon reconnects with his friend, Anthony, uh, Bridgerton, and he's like, oh, you know, um, all the mothers are going to be throwing their eligible daughters at you because you're, the, you know, you've just inherited a title. And he's like, um, no, <laughs> uh, Simon is not about to have any of it. He's like, ah, that's all right. And. Uh, Anthony jokes, he goes, oh, maybe I should introduce you to my sister Daphne um, because she's the opposite of all the ladies uh, that will be thrown at him. And he's like, oh, how how so? And he goes, well, you know, she just, she's not like the other girls. Um, and I've had, she's, and basically it's set up that Daphne has had suitors, not that many, but has had suitors that she doesn't really want to entangle with and her brothers have done the favor of like pushing them away um, because they're not really the desirable kind. So basically she had four um, offers as they say. She had an offer and a couple of them from men who were men who are older than her father would have been and and one from someone she didn't like and Anthony her brother who, you know, his book is the next book. Anthony, her brother, is someone who, he's like, I'm not expecting her to, you know, find this great love story, but I want her to be comfortable with whom um, she ends up with. Right. And so, of course, I'm going to say no to someone if she doesn't feel, you know, a connection uh, between them, which is why I like Anthony a lot. I do. And I also liked um, the other brother, Colin. Colin, ooh, my favorite. He seems like a lot of fun. Um, Colin like, is my favorite. <laughs> I was like, I want to know. See, I think that's the other thing. And um, with this one, it is a, 
I mean, I know we've done second books in a lot of series, and we're not going to stop. I won't lie. Um, I think this is very important to read the the first one because um, they're great, uh, especially because so Daphne is one of eight, and they're all named in. Um, so like Anthony is the the eldest, and then what's uh, who's after Anthony? Anthony. Benedict, Benedict, Colin, and Daphne. Yes. Um, and she uh, has a younger sister, Hyacinth. Right? Hi- Hyacinth. Hyacinth. She's she the younger. Has- she's the youngest one. Gregory and um, and um, Eloisa. Yes. So, so yeah, Daphne, name- Eloisa, Gregory, and then Hyacinth. So they they're all named in alphabetical order. Um, so. And that's a tradition that carries through. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so, but Daphne was the first girl. So she's the one that's out on, on the season. Whereas who is the other family now that I keep, I just. The Featherton, the Feather, Feather, Featheringtons. She has three daughters that are out in society. Um, so all three daughters are eligible for dating. Whereas, um, so. They are at this one. So Daphne is at this one particular party uh, with Simon and she's hiding from uh, one of her potential suitors that she's already rejected. And Simon is just off hiding because he doesn't want to really. He's only he's like, I'm just there to say hello and then I'm going to say goodbye Um, because he liked the woman who was throwing the party um, that she was always nice to him. So he's out of respect. Lady Danbury. Who I, I like her too. Um, You're going to love Lady Danbury. Lady Danbury is a sassy lady. I'm just going like to say her. that. She's yes. a sassy lady. I have to say through all of the books that we have read of all the bodice rippers, there are some sassy elderly ladies in these books and I adore all of them. From the mother in When Strangers Marry um, the grandmother in the Prince of Broadway, they are all fabulous. So they're like, they're, they're goals. We want to be that sassy when we grow up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I know they are. Um, but yeah. So you'll, you'll enjoy Lady Danbury. I can't wait for you to read the rest of the series. I'm so excited. I'm telling you, my to be, to be, to read list has gotten exponentially longer. If you look, uh, listeners, if you want to pause and look up both Julia Quinn and Sophie Jordan and Tessa Dares and um, Joanna, Joanna Shoup and uh, Sarah McLean's, uh, we haven't discussed her, but we are going to. If you want to look up all of their books, oh my goodness, you have quite a bit of reading to do. Um, yes. just based on these alone if you thought like okay the Black Dagger Brotherhood that like that whole series is a lot there's a lot within these and th- how they all um, intertwine um, so now Daphne is at this party and they ha- and their meet cute is Simon goes to rescue Daphne from this suitor but she has proceeded to punch him in the face and um, knocking him on his ass which I was like, yes, I like you. Um, and he's like, oh, I came to rescue you. Clearly you don't need rescuing. And he's instantly attracted to Daphne before he realizes who Daphne is. Um, 
Am I wrong on that assumption? No, oh, he, okay. he's very into her. He is and, very into her. He yeah. does not, he doesn't deny, he doesn't deny that he's into her on like even so. But then he finds out who she is and he's like, nope, not going there. This is he it's, but it's very opposite of what happened in, um, with Max. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, Oh no, I, I'm going to be respectful. Um, and now also with his, his stutter, he's done certain things to counteract it. Like, uh, he'll give like one word answers and it comes off as an arrogance to mm-hmm. some people, but it's just, and he'll let that slide. Um, but obviously that doesn't play well. Like Daphne sees kind of right. She's, she sees the other side to him. Um, the you know, the good side. So now they go back to the ball after dealing with this, this, well, they're caught in an intimate moment and they're like, well, no one's going to know that we're in this intimate moment together. Um, so we're just going to keep it between us and that's fine. So now he goes, what an intimate moment. No, like them being together with unchaperoned like that. No, I think. I think I don't think that was the thing. I think um, he was talking about Freddie. So her suitor, right. um, remember that name? Yeah. Um, her suitor, uh, basically, he wants to. He's like trying to convince her of his love, and she's trying to be nice about it and trying to say no. And then she punches him, and then so there's this guy on the floor, and he's like, uh, "You better go wait for me. I'm gonna go get my carriage. We're gonna get him out." And she's like, okay, and then uh, you're going to help me because I can't do it. And then Freddie wakes up and basically rushes and pushes her onto the wall. And then Simon punches him and punches him out cold. And then they decide, you know what? He deserves it. He can stay where he is. We're going back to the party. <laughs> right. So the idea was not that they're inappropriate together. It's just that she didn't. He, she shouldn't be caught with A the two of them. Right. Two males, one of them is on the floor, then they have to explain what they're doing. Right, because it would be very uh, inappropriate. So we've discussed this before, especially uh, in the last episode. So the ton is very like, oh, no, you know, her being caught alone, unchaperoned or without, um, you know, like her brothers being there. Like, it's just, it's not done. Um, So now they're back into the ballroom and he they've separated but he sees her with her mother violet and she's uh having her talk to another suitor and he sees like this look on daphne's face and um he goes over uh to ask for a dance and he presents her with this glorious idea that he has trope alert the uh we're gonna fake a relationship trope uh if you will to uh please so like because he does he doesn't want to be invited to all these parties um where he has to kind of talk to people and be with the wives and he's just because he's uncomfortable in those kinds of situations he's he's uncomfortable in those situations so he's like okay so how about we will be in a relationship and you can call things off and you will actually get more suitors as a result because nobody wants something more when something is already taken. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you sure about this? Like, there's, I feel there's problems that could occur here. And he's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. And we're, that, 
it's a solid plan. He goes, come on, you can figure out how it's going to end. You'll have the upper hand. And believe it or not, it does start to work because the following day she gets what? Six. She gets six suitors. Six suitors, uh, including he's number seven. Well, well, basically he meets her again. He meets her mother at the party when he goes over uh, to introduce himself to to Daphne and rescue her from this dude, whatever his name is. I forgot his name. Thank and you. her mother is like, ooh, it's like a light bulb, you know, it just <laughs> turned on on top of, you know. And she's like, oh, you're the Duke? Okay, well, my daughter is, un, you know, unattached. Um, you're a friend of my son? Well, let's see. That might be against you, but maybe, maybe not. So she pushes them together, and that's how they get to dance. He asks her for a dance first, and then they complete um, the uh, the plan while they're walking, taking a walk about the room, and which Anthony, her brother, is boiling with anger. He's like about to explode because he's like, what is happening here? This is not what I expected. I know Simon doesn't want to get married. What is going on? So, um, and Simon is acting, like he's loving the um, agonizing, uh, loving agonizing Anthony so much. It's really funny. So there's a lot of humor in there. It's subtle, but it's it's very funny. So yeah. yes, as Colleen said, um, the next day she gets a lot of suitors, six people plus um, Hastings uh, come knocking on her door. Um, and what what her mother does, which is so funny, um, is that when she sees that the Duke is there, she's like, oh, you know, you guys sit down here. Um, um, I don't know who one of them apparently had lunch with his mother. And she's like, your mother would kill me if I don't send you away. And then the other one, oh, no, you need to come help me with something. So she basically shoes the other six people out of her house mm -hmm. so politely. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's like a master at it and leaves Daphne and Simon alone. She has many great moments. Oh, and she does. Violet is um, is amazing. Uh, Violet's story, just a, a you know a quick uh, interruption, is is part of the prequel to the Bridgertons. Is um, it the book that we got when we were together that we got signed? No, that's not Violet. Oh, um, but you read about Violet um, and her and their father in those books, and it's a it's a beautiful story as well. It's just sad because we know the truth, but of what happens, but also um, it's, it's actually um, a beautiful story. But anyways, go back, we go back to here. So Violet is amazing. Like I cannot wait yes. to see her portrayed, but she's amazing between the pages of this book. Um, and then, so basically Simon and, uh, and Daphne are sitting and chit-chatting, and he's like, I brought flowers. She's like, for me? She's like, uh, no, they're not for you. They're for your mom. And he's like, oh, God, you're definitely going to get her on your side. And, yes. um, yeah, so, and then Anthony comes in. And, and then what happens? Aggravated. Um, oh. tw so he's not happy. Get, he's definitely so, not happy. No, he's like, he's ready to punch out Simon. And Simon, and so Daphne says, listen, there's a plan. And... We have to tell him. And Simon is like, no, we're not going to tell him. But Anthony loses his mind. And um, so, yeah, so she says, we have to tell him the plan um, of what is going to happen. And 
so they let they lay it on him and Anthony is still fuming. He's like, he's not grasping it. He goes, what? Like, why? Because he's like, you don't want to be married. He goes, I'm not going to get married. But I, I your sister feels like she always gets friend zoned by these gentlemen callers. And today she actually had gentlemen callers like for the purpose of having gentlemen, like what they're actually there for to call upon her. One of them wrote poetry, really bad poetry, but one of them wrote poetry for her. So like, that's the plan. And then that way I can like be here, claim the title and I can basically never come back to England ever again after this season. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have to, I don't have to make appearances and, um, that and so they they Anthony begrudgingly agrees to go along. With yeah, that. he's uh, like, well, that's not a bad plan. It makes kind of sense. He but goes, what you, but you what you notice really is that Simon really got to crux of why Daphne hasn't had a serious suitor because you know he listened to what she was saying while Anthony was guessing. Otherwise, so this is like one of the things that you'll notice about Simon. He's very, you know, in tuned. Again, I like that word very much in tuned. He's in tune to her. Yes. um, And aware of what, um, you know, she uh, likes and not likes. Well, and also, of course, so now, as we notice, another trope that occurs um, when he comes to bring her flowers, he's anxious to see her and he Mm -hmm. wants to see her because the beginning of the attraction is being noticed like he was attracted to her when they had their meet cute but now he's like oh wait a minute the idea of all these other suitors here I want to be rid of them and Violet takes care of that but he's not recognizing that attraction right away um now there the next scene that follows is they're on an outing um (laughs) on a yacht right yes the yacht um she well, is it the dinner first? It's the dinner first, and then they go out. So before he met Daphne, Anthony invites him for dinner. He's like, "Come home. It's gonna be no one, just oh, family. Yeah. It's gonna be fine." He her mother goes ballistic. There's a duke at the table. It's never informal. It we is a, thing. Had a beef dish. <laughs> yeah, we should have a beef dish. And I'm like, dish. what is the point of a beef dish? Like, who cares? You, you. I'm sure you have wonderful food, Violet. Don't worry about it. Right. So, um, so basically, at that dinner table, it, they all sit at the table. Her mother likes to have her family around. So even um, Hayseth, I think that's how they say her name. Hyacinth, yes. Hyacinth is also at the table. She's ten years old. Um. She's also, um, again, again, I keep repeating this. She's also eating dinner. And, you know, they're fun family. They're playful. Um, You know, the kids are throwing food at each other. And Simon, who never had experienced that, is very much aware of what is this. This is a family. Um, So at the end of this, uh, Violet invites him to go on a boat with them. Um, And he, unfortunately, says yes. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately says yeah so now they go on this um well the uh the whole thing that when they're coming up with this plan is she goes you're gonna have to make calls on me outside of these d- dinners because mm-hmm. if you're truly courting me we have to make it believable so you're gonna have to say yes to these kinds of things so now they go on this yacht and so 
Daphne has, he's grown up with next to no one. Like he's had servants around, but he hasn't had the, the big family that Daphne has had. And now Daphne wants to have children. Um, like she says that up front that she wants children. She wants to have a brood. Um, and he goes, you know, sometimes that might not be possible because of other circumstances. And she goes, well, you know, I still want to have the option of having children um, there. So, um, and then they're talking, like he goes, uh, you know, ha- how he's always been alone. And so I think Gregory runs past her and she like grabs him without even thinking about it. And he goes, how did, how did you do that? And she goes, just it's years of practice like you you pick it up um, yeah and then later on hyacinth sits next to him at their little picnic and she's asking him all these questions um and and uh daphne is trying to suppress her laughter and um she's saying oh this is such a romantic spot and she says why it's a romantic spot and like uh simon plays along with her and so Daphne asks him, oh, have you, like, been around many children? He goes, no, I grew up alone. And she goes, surely you must have. And he goes, no, I grew up alone. And he goes, well, it comes naturally to you. Like, you're actually very, you have a very good interaction with children. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he kind of, like, brushes it off. And then how does the boat trip end, Gata? So basically Gregory's being, you know. Uh, yeah. He's being a little He's being, he's a, being a child, yeah. He's yeah. being a little kid, and he's yeah. and Daphne's yelling at him, "You're gonna slip! You're gonna slip!" He's going towards the boat, and it's wet, and um, he slips, but he doesn't fall into the water. What he does is that Simon is trying to grab him, and Simon tumbles into the water, and then with Gregory moving, scooting away from the edge of whatever this thing called, he hits. Uh, Anthony and Anthony go tumbling into the water as well. So now it's Anthony and Simon in the water, all wet, and everyone is laughing, and they are not amused at all. Nope. And Anthony, who's already mad at um, Simon, Simon because of the whole situation, is now even more mad. And Violet tells Daphne, she goes, "Oh, she's like Daphne, go break it up." And she's like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, they're about to fight. Go break it up. And she goes, but why? Like, it wasn't Simon's fault. And she goes, but because Anthony's embarrassed, he's going to find something to to be angry about. And he's going to pick it. He's going to cast his anger at Simon. So go break. It's a woman's job, excuse me, to go break it up. And I'm like, oh, Violet, your your mother brilliance right there. I I wish I wrote down the quote that she had uh, said because I was like, oh, she is just... I feel this is maternal wisdom at its greatness. That's why I said my first impression was very wrong on the first sentence. I, I admitted it. So now after this, is this when they go to um, Hempstead, the ball at Hempstead Heath? So they go to Tr- Lady Trueberry. Is that her name? I don't know. Hold I on. think so. Um, they go, um, so they go to a ball in, in Hempstead. Yes, Hempstead. And Simon is not there because Simon doesn't want to be there. Um, but what happens is that Simon gets bored and shows up and she's like, oh, you're here. And he's like, yeah, I got bored. And she's like, really? 
And he's like, yeah, it was boring. And I just needed to change your face. She's like, are you, are you like joking right now? But anyways, so they're, they're talking and she's like, I'm going to go outside for a walk. And he's like, uh, we can't. She's like, well, I'm going to go for a walk. You're free to come with me. And he's like, you know, we can't. And, uh, they go for a walk, you guys. Well, before that, they, oh, wait, what? they, so he, she brings up his father and oh, I, father, forgot. I forgot. I yes, forgot about the old his, Lord yeah. Michael, whatever his name. Yes. But his father, well, before th- that dude shows up, she brings up his father and his father is always a sore subject. Um, yes. And that, and so when he gets anxious and nervous, this, this stuttering will happen more frequently. And he still, she doesn't know really, she doesn't know about it as much. So he's trying to cover it up. So like at the dinner party, um, no, when he's talking to, like earlier when he's talking to Anthony, he like pretends to have like a coughing fit and he goes, oh, should I get you tea? And he goes, well, I really don't want tea, but he's like, I should say yes to kind of go along with the play. So um, he's getting flustered and he's not answering Daphne's questions. And she goes, okay, um, how about we go outside for a walk? You know, changing the topic. And it's also at this gesture that she like, helps change the topic to no then they as they're about to walk outside she's trying to drop the subject of the father and boom they walk into this gentleman who happened to be there when his father died and he says oh i have these letters for from your father that he uh wanted me to give you uh after his death and he's like burn them that's his only answer he's Mm -hmm. like i want nothing to do with them and he goes storming off and um, he asks Daphne, can I send them to you and you'll find the appropriate time to give them to him? And she goes, I don't know if I should. And he goes, please, um, I'm not very well. I'm not going to have another chance. Can you please take this opportunity? And she says, okay, fine. So she goes after, uh, Simon and she doesn't bring up the father issue, but she tries to change the topic, um, and she mentions the stars and how the constellation and he's like, Oh, the constellations look very different in the Southern hemisphere. And he appreciates how, um, she is able to cheer him up after like, after he was like so angry, especially when, when it comes to his father. Um, and that's when he's like, Oh, I really do appreciate, I appreciate her a whole lot. I am becoming very attracted to her where she's already admitting to herself that she's falling in love with him mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so when he wasn't there and then he showed up, she was like, her heart was a flutter. And then of course the walk leads to, um, he sees some, he sees cleavage up close. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're alone. Uh, but not so alone. Anthony, the cock blocker shows up, uh, to interrupt a very steamy kiss um amongst everything and uh yet another a familiar scene occurs after the steamy yeah they challenge yeah anthony challenge wait someone challenged someone to a duel well he says to simon uh well he's like um, he wants to punch simon's lights out and simon's like okay punch me he's like standing there he's like no i deserve it punch me um and daphne's like i'm fine look i'm covered up uh the boobs are back in place the lady the girls are back where they're supposed to be which I know how women's gowns were of the day. How she got them back in so fast, I have no idea. I will applaud her. <laughs> um, yeah. Here, here, here's my applause. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, 
but uh, so Anthony's like, well, you uh, either we're going to duel tomorrow morning or you marry her um, because you have skin. Uh, you've created such a scandal with this. And um, Simon is like, I can't, but I won't. And he says to Daphne, if it, if I could marry any woman, I would marry you. Um, and I was just like, oh, I get it. I'm like, oh, that's heartbreakingly wonderful. Um, like, I felt like that was such a, I was like, that line. Yeah. You, you have me. <laughs> um, like, I understand, like, I'm like, I'm, I get why he doesn't want to get married, even though it's not really verbalized until, like, later why he doesn't want to get yeah. married. Um, I'm like, I, I had inklings, but, um, so he's like, all right. And then Anthony's like, fine, a duel. And well, well, the thing is he, she gets really upset yes. because he wouldn't, uh, you know, propose. And what, um, Anthony is like, he has to defend his sister's honor. So he, uh, ch challenges him to a duel, but before, but before the challenge happened, um, you know, they talk and he, and, and he says what you said, which was lovely and nice and all. But she, uh, you know, she's upset and she's like, I would like to go home. And he's like, yes, let's take you home and, and put you to bed or rest. She's like, no, I need to go home and think. And everyone was like, what? Oh, so, they want to give her uh, brandy or something. Like yeah. That. And she's like, uh, think, what is wrong with this lady? And um, she really does want to think of saving both of them because... You know, she doesn't want her brother to die, but most importantly, she doesn't want Simon to die. Um, so she waits for who but my favorite, favorite brother, Colin. Oh. Um, and Colin is like, hey, what's up? I heard all about it. She's like, what? You've heard? She's like, yes, my friend, Lord, whatever, was there. He's not going to say anything. Don't worry. She's like, that's not the problem. The problem is there is a duel and Simon is going to die because he's not going to shoot Anthony. Um so, and then, you know, and I don't want him to die. And then she confesses her love for Simon to Colin and start crying. And then Colin's like, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll figure, you know, I'll help you. Don't worry about it. So um, Colin goes and find out what's happening and then comes back, grabs Daphne. And then Daphne goes into a carriage and they rush to save the day. Colin, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> they rush to save the day. And so she, like... The pistols are like Simon goes. He's he's fine with dying. Not really suicidal, but he's like, all right, it, it, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Mm. Defending the honor and so on. Um, and dueling is illegal. Um, just an FYI. Uh, and so uh, Daphne and Colin show up in just the nick of time um, because Simon doesn't even have a second because he's like, I know how this is going to play out. Um, and Daphne's like, no, you don't understand. You have to marry me because Colin's friend saw us at the party. And so there's going to be scandal brewing. So now Simon realizes, oh, wait a minute. Um, you know, the, the plan is just completely kerfluffled. Um, mm -hmm. So he agrees. So another hasty marriage um, in which Gregory kept sneezing through the entire ceremony, which... <laughs> Let, uh, made them laugh throughout the entire as they're kissing and Hyacinth is like oh isn't that good luck then like doesn't that mean they're going to have a happy marriage then um, <laughs> to that leads to the most awkward 
night before a wedding chat between mother and daughter that I have. <laughs> it is so awkward. <laughs> but I was just but I was laughing about it. So Violet comes into uh, <clears throat> Daphne's room to tell her what is going to happen on the wedding night. Oh, my God. That's oh. And so she like, does this. Let me tell you something. She does this with every, every one of her daughters, and it gets funnier and funnier as she tries to say it, you know, uh, tell the other ones too. It's just so funny. Um, okay, so you've seen my big fat Greek wedding, right, Gata, or no? Mm-hmm. I have, okay. yes. So uh, I have to tell you something. So when the mother is talking to Tula, we may be lambs in the kitchen, mm-hmm. but we are tigers <laughs> in the bedroom. That came to mind. <laughs> Until it goes, please let this be the end of your story. Like (laughs) that whole thing was envisioned as I'm reading this chapter. And I was like, I truly appreciate this so much. Um, And so Daphne's like, so wait, you had, you know, you did this eight times. And she goes, no, I didn't do this eight times. I did. I liked it. So I did it more than eight times. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And she's like, Violet, I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. She's and- one of the best about these books. Like, you know, when you read the, you know, when I told you, like, it's it's a whole, like, it's a clan and she's the leader right. of that clan. Um, but, oh, my God, she is, uh, you know, she gets funnier and funnier as the books go Um you know, as the story develops and she's just such a cool mother to all of them. Um, it's, and she becomes a cool grandmother at one point and it's just really funny. She's such fun, uh, character. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious how she's going to be played, um, yes. in the show. And I, we keep referring to the show. It's because, you know, when, when something you love so much becomes a TV show and, I hope we're not disappointed, and I really don't think we will be disappointed. I think it will be great, but you know, um, I couldn't but help but imagine Simon as um, the actor in the show when I was reading him, even though the description of him is completely different, you know, than who he is in the show. And I just couldn't, you know, it was just the perfect, perfect choice, and it just, it was just lovely. Um, I'm gonna let you finish now. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm, see, that's the other thing now. Okay. So I listened to the audiobook, and the audiobook was not doing it for me this time. I'm sorry to the woman who read it. It just, it was taking me out of the story. And I think because I was just, ha- I'm like, I kind of wish that I had just read it, the book itself, because I already have the show in mind, even though I didn't watch the trailer, I've seen the pictures online. I haven't watched the trailer because I knew I was going to read the book because I didn't want it to interfere so much with my, um, with my reading. Um, so now that I finished it, I'm going to go watch the trailer and obviously I'm going to watch the show. Um, but the, the woman who was doing the narration was kind of, um, interrupting like uh, infringing upon my reading. And I, I apologize. I usually don't want to bad mouth. Um, anyway, but that's just for me. Uh, maybe it was just, I, I, I think it's just because of the show that I think it was interrupting. Like, I'm just like, I wish it like, I, I was trying to keep it pure mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, because I was just envisioning like of how I was envisioning the characters in my head, like mm-hmm. with different voices 
And I think maybe that was it. And I think that could also sometimes happen when, um, I know we had explained this to a friend of ours, a lot of books now, especially the contemporary, uh, each of the chapters are, are switch narration, but they will have two different narrators doing those narrations. So it helps set a different tone. Yeah. I think, when one person is doing the narration, it's like, and she does the male voices, it sets a different tone. Do, do I, you get what I'm trying to say? Like when you're like listening to it, when they, they'll do different inflections and it changes it for you. So I was like, ah, dang it. I don't want it to, like, I don't, I want the book to be one thing. And then I want to enjoy, like, I want to enjoy all things separately. Like, I don't want to, um, like, I want to enjoy it is what I'm trying to say. Like I want, I, cause I'm thinking of the show and probably as I read future books, I'm going to keep hearing the characters, the actors from the show reading the book to me in my head. Yeah. If that, yeah. cause I know that happened to me with Outlander. Like as I'm like, okay, I'm, but I'm, even though it's the narrator for the books, I'm hearing Claire from the TV show, the actress who plays Claire read the books to me. Like yeah. that, that's just, that it's, it, that's how it's set. And that's kind of how I wanted this to be set from now on um now back to the story um meanwhile <laughs> back at the ranch so now meanwhile, they, yeah back at the ranch so now we get to the real steamy part of the book um the uh so now they have their wedding and she's been well in- no did did we talk about the duel yes we did we did oh my god my fogginess is still <laughs> going so now we have the hasty wedding um, in which they laugh as they as they share. Their you, yes, you did talk. We did talk. Oh my God, we did talk about the. <laughs> okay, I digressed and I threw you off. So now they're on their way so, to I forgot uh, to to the, his, to to the Hastings seat. Yeah, and they're gonna drive all night. And so she's like, "Oh wait, aren't we gonna stop someplace? Like you know." Why are we driving all the night through? Why can't we stay in London? Because she's thinking about the wedding night. And he goes, oh, no, because I want to, you know, get there. And so they stop at this little inn. Uh, It's like a rest stop. But he's like, and he's like, oh, no, we're going to have our wedding night at the proper, you know, like at our, at our, at the Hastings home, not here. But she turns the tables on him. But wait, before that, before that, you were skipping my favorite part. All right, now we got to. The part where she's trying to explain to him what her mother was explaining to her and he dies. I thought, because I thought that happened in the room, not in the carriage. That's why I was trying to. But we're at the end. Yes, I was getting. I just. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. Okay, you go ahead. I got us in the inn because she's like, because they're in the carriage. Oh, Uh and he's pretending to sleep. And she realizes after seeing many siblings, oh no, he's not really sleeping. He's taking. And so then they stop at this rest stop and he gets into the argument with the, the owner. Um, and there's only one room left, but I'm like, but they're married. Why does it matter? Why do they need two rooms? <laughs> I, to me, that was my first. I was like, why do they need two rooms? They're married. Yeah. I'm but... but he doesn't want things happening. He doesn't want to like, you know, have sex with her in this. inn. he would rather. Yeah. It be elsewhere. But, you know, gotta, what does she, what happens between the two of them? So she's trying to, um, you know, 
trying. So she's trying he's, to explain to him. He he, <laughs> she's trying to talk to him about it, and he's like, "Didn't your mother explain to you?" And she's like, "Well, she tried, but then it just like, it didn't like I couldn't understand a word of what she's saying. She said that this would happen, and then children will come, and I don't understand what's the like. I could not understand. He's like, "You would think after eight children, she'll be able to speak to it." I said, "I asked the same question, but she said." Um, that um, you know, she she didn't only do it eight times. She did it more than that. And and he's like, stop, please stop. Don't don't say any <laughs> other word. Just stop it. Don't talk. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, did she? Do you know anything about anything? And she's like, no. And he he's like, my mother like tried to tell me, and it just didn't come out. And he dies. He's like laughing, dying on the floor, basically. Um, and she's like, are you like laughing at me? Like what is happening? And he's like you have so much to learn. This is like really funny. I can't believe your mom didn't tell you. Um, and then it turns out from there to laughter and, you know, cute moment into, you know, uh, I can teach you things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's I where we are. Things. So now, and then uh, what happens is, so now they have their, uh, it's her first time. And he's like, he, he, tries not to hurt her he's very attentive to her and then so now they get back on the road and so <laughs> and I laughed at the summation so uh when she so he like he says hello and rushes them up to the duke's uh quarters and that's all they're they've known for like a week they all they know for about a week so they get busy for a whole week on end and she's like so at one morning she's left to her own devices and she's like, I should get to know the staff properly because all I saw was the foyer and the Duke's bedroom. Um, so I should know the rest of the property. And she meets, uh, she has tea with the housekeeper um, whose name I am blanking on. And she says, oh, I want to have it in the yellow room. And she goes, oh, that used to be the Duchess's room to the former duchess's uh mm -hmm. simon's mother's room um i've taken very good care of it and so over the course of this tea daphne finds out that um the duke's th that simon's father was not the nicest guy in the whole wide mm -hmm. world and how he truly treated his son and sh this is where she finds out that um simon uh has a stammer and what the father did to him as a result of that. And so she just, her heart is breaking for Simon as she's hearing this. Um, and so one night, uh, so after learning this up in her bedroom, up, no, up in the Duke's bedroom, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's talking to her, but she's brushing her hair and he, he's like, oh, I want to do that. So he's, he begins to brush her hair and he notices that she's focusing on his mouth and he gets very self-conscious because he's like so many people used to do that to him, especially with his stammer that it's making him even more self-conscious. And he's like, what, what are you doing? But she turns it into, Oh, I just like looking at your lips. And that leads to an, quite another interlude. Mm -hmm. But the interlude does not go as other interludes have gone before because, um, when the the maid was explaining how um you know the 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 woman usually gets blamed 
for lack of a child when it can equally be the man's fault. So now Simon says there's not going to be children because I can't have them. Um, I can't have children. And so Daphne thinks, oh, that he's not able to have children. Like he, he's barren and she's willing, she was okay with that. Like that the problem is going to be with him. Uh But she learns kind of something that he's been doing all week, which is he does. Many Dukes are fond of the pullout method. The pullout method is not always effective. Just an FYI. It's not, it's not effective at all. It's not an effective method, but he has, um, so he does, and he um, releases himself onto the sheets, and he always takes care of her and pulls her close away from the mess. And, like, he cuddles with her. Like, he's very affectionate towards her. It's very clear that he does care for her. It's just this one particular thing. And she puts two and two together of, like, oh, it's not that you can't have children. It's that you don't want to have children. That's a big difference for her. And this creates a very big divide between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And to which she's like, you don't understand, like, um, that, you know, my father, all he wanted was a child. And it's not that he really wanted a child. He just wanted an heir to carry on the name. And now I am his heir and the name is going to die with me because all of my cousins have had uh, girls. So the name will die with me and therefore I am going to get the last laugh. That is why I'm not having children. Um, And that is my choice to which I was like, I, I, and she's like, well, you're allowing your father to hold so much power over you, even in death kind of a thing. And she's like, you're not, um, like, like, like it doesn't have to be the case. And he goes, yes, it does. And so they have this fight and he, he, does he leave after this? No, he doesn't leave. No, they have a fight where he basically tells her like what her father told you know thought of him and how this trauma of the relationship with his father because it's a you know it's a trauma it's a continuation struggle for him Um, yeah his father um you know uh, the way he thinks of him the way he treated him is something that stays with us um you know all of us um so she's trying to explain to him that your father was an idiot everyone stammers at one point everyone gets anxious everyone gets you know like like who cares you're fine now you can speak you're well respected you're a genius in math and other places and like who cares um and he's not listening to what she's saying because you know they're fighting and she's like this is this is um uh he's like he she she she's very um she's very sad and 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 because of what he's saying right um and, and because she wants children and she sees that there is no way that this marriage will work uh because he's now forbidding him he's He's forbidding himself and her of having children, not because there is a problem or there is like um, he can't have children, but because of a, a preconceived idea that his father, um, not a preconceived idea. It's like a pre, like because of his belief of, of what his father right. um, that uh, his put on him. Yeah. yeah. Father has put a lot. Of, there's a lot of psychological damage of which. Yeah, exactly. That. I mean, I think with Simon, like, I'm more sympathetic with Simon than I was with Max. Like, um, Max didn't want to follow down the road it, the road of, like, oh, if he ever loved somebody um, and then losing them, he was going to do what his father did. Whereas 
I think it's also a little bit like Simon doesn't want to inflict the same things on his child that his father inflicted on him. And it's also like, you know, the la- he, he wants to have this last laugh um, despite the fact, but um, despite the fact that of Daphne saying otherwise. Now, this, what follows up after this is kind of where I lose a little bit of respect for Daphne. She falls, she falls down a slope, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, what do you mean? Okay. So now they, so he, so she goes to talk to him in the, the morning after this fight. And then she doesn't talk to him for, um, she doesn't come down to dinner. And she, she basically goes into the Duchess's chambers. Like she's not, like he's looking for her. And is this when, this is when he gets drunk, right? Um, no, I, no, they have their, she's in the Duchess's chamber. He's like, you're my wife. I'm allowed to, um, he's like, I'm going to bust down this door or, you know, you know, let me in. And she's like, well, I really don't want to talk to you. Then he goes out and gets drunk after that tiff, um, because they continue to have this argument. So now he comes back and he is like, uh, not stammering. Yeah, he's. He is officially drunk, drunk, and he's talking mm-hmm. to her and he, he, he explains to her, he's, you know, he goes, um, I like, like, and he apologizes to her and like, he goes, it's just, I can't, I can't, ha- I, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to have children. I, you know, like I kind of should have been upfront with you about it. I'm sorry. It's just, that's the way it's going to be. So he's like, please don't leave me alone. And he wants to be with her. And so she helps get him up to her. And she's like, all right, fine. You can sleep in my room. And he's like, kind. So he's drunk, but he's also falling asleep. Like he's mm-hmm. in and out of consciousness. And Daphne takes advantage of that situation to which I'm like, um, Daphne, what road are we going down here? I got a little uncomfortable. Um, so she's, uh, she's like, he's semi-awake, but he's still not in his full facilities to make. The then he call. shouldn't have gone after her. Like, I'm sorry. I what? But see, like, she thing. tried. But no, no. But listen, it. listen, listen. I understand if you reverse the situation, but the difference is that he said to her, "You're my wife. This is my right. You right. will stay where I am." And yeah. he, but. no one forced the other on each other. No, he, he wasn't forced on her. She didn't force himself she, but, on him. Yes, but here's the thing: she knows she purposely says it in the dialogue of like, "Well, he's like he's not really there. I could take advantage of the situation," and she does, and she purposely gets on top of him and straddles him because he's like, "Oh, if I was on top, I could have pulled out," and she's like, "This is my only chance. This is the only time I'm ever going to get this opportunity," and he, um, he's like you took advantage of the situation. You took advantage of me. You didn't give me the choice to which I'm like, Oh, Daphne. Oh, see, that's where I'm like, cause he was not fully able to, to make the, con- like, I know he, she wasn't going to be able to have the conversation. Like he was never going to agree to it otherwise, which is why I'm like, Oh, dude, Daphne. That's kind of where I'm like, Oh, if this situation was reversed, we'd be hating on him hard. You know, we would be. 
Um, even though he has the right to do it, we would still think the same. I feel. I don't think. Um, how how can I explain this? I don't know. I just I I felt like I lost a little respect for Daphne there. I don't agree with you. But also because because he's the one who was like, "You're my wife again." This is. You'll sleep in my room. This is where you belong. And she abided with the rules he set forth, right? right. Um, it wasn't that it wasn't consensual. It was. Um, he wasn't forced. She doesn't. Uh, listen, I, I don't think so. I don't agree with you. But I then again, I understand why you feel that way. It's teetering on the edge because he's like, because he even d- debates it himself. I just think looking through it, I think maybe if I read this a couple of years ago, I might have felt differently. I think it's teetering on the edge of like, ooh, this is a little questionable here, heroin. Um, I'm, I'm debating. I'm debating on how I feel about Listen, it. Listen, I tell you something. Slowly, reluctantly, she tried to pull away, but his arms tightened around yes. her. Yes. And that he was is, more awake. She, she, yeah. she tried she tried, and he wouldn't let her. So you know what? I don't know. I no, have I, to disagree on this. The start of it was questionable, where I was just like, oh, all right. So now, after this, he's like, well, you took away my choice. So he runs off, and he's like, I'm going to... He leaves her like a very curt note, and she goes back home, and it's noticed that he's not there, and she mm-hmm. goes, she makes up some sort of lie to cover for him. And so she keeps praying that she is now with child, knowing that that was like her only chance because the chance is never going to happen again. And so um, then he he's like, so Anthony goes, oh, she, so when he says, when you, if you know you're officially with child, write to me and we'll take it from there. Um, and so she asks Anthony to deliver the letter, but he is not allowed to read what's in the letter. And he goes to find Simon and they have a talk and they're actually on better terms than they had been since um, the beginning. And he's like, and so, and so Simon like mulls it over and he's like, you know what? Let me go talk to her. And he finds that she's out riding and she falls off her horse because riding in a pregnant condition, he just mm-hmm. has a heart attack. He's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you riding when you're pregnant? And she's like, well, you don't even want this child anyway. And he goes, it, he's like, but the kids, like, if you're pregnant, I, I do care. And like this whole, and she's like, well, I'm not pregnant kind of a thing. I thought, and he goes, what, did you lie to me? And she goes, no, I thought I was. But other things have told me that I'm not. Um so, like, I really wasn't taking our chi- my life and our child's life in our hands by writing. And they talk things out slowly um, as they're writing back. And he's, like, more... He's come around to the idea of, yes, I, I want to have children. But he's, like, I also want to have more time together with, like, kind of just the two of us sort of a deal. Um and she's like, okay, that is a different ball game. Like, I can handle mm-hmm. that. And it's, I think, the conversation that happens after this, it's that they learn that, no, communication is very much the key of, like, okay, if you told me this, then that's fine. That's something we can work with. We'll get to wanting to have children. <laughs> and 
So now they go back to their home and lo and behold, her three brothers are standing there ready to beat the crap out of Simon. Well, of course they are. They have to. That's the Bridgerton's, you know, motto. The Bridgerton's way. Violet saves the day and she goes, excuse me, let's leave. Bye-bye. No, goodbye. Like the the brothers are ready to like say things and they're like, no, no, bye-bye. Out the door, out the door. Mm-hmm. Violet's like Violet knows what's up, and uh, of course now we have a happier ending uh, with epilogue number one, where we find out yes he's finally had a son after three girls. So it's the reverse, but she's keeping up with the names of like the three girls had a, a B, and David is the fourth, uh, the fourth child, mm-hmm. and uh, they're of course reading. The gossip rags, again. Lady whistle down. And she goes, how do they know the name is David? We need to find out who this woman is. You do need to find out. I think what I like about this so much is that it's uh, very um, pride and prejudice but with a little spice. Yes. Um, and it's very um, Jane Austeny again, with a, a lot of spice, and I really enjoyed it very much. And I love the whole series. My favorite is, um, while I find it, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm no, so sorry. no, go ahead. You were saying something. No, I, I was definitely very much getting uh, Pride and Prejudice Jane Austen vibes, even as I said when my first impression, as wrong as it was, of uh, Mrs. Bennett. But I think also um, how that, well, like, because there's a comment that gets made in Pride and Prejudice when um, I keep blanking on Mrs. Featherington, right? That's her Mm -hmm. name. Uh, Oh, three daughters out on society all at once. Like, because I know that comment gets made in Pride and Prejudice. Like, oh, oh, my God, all of you are out on society and none of you are married. Like, that's not okay. That's Um, um, Mr. Darcy's aunt. Yes. Uh, oh, horrible woman. But she goes, oh my god, everybody is out on society and none of you are married? Like, that's that's scandalous. Like, a woman is supposed to be out on society once and then married after that. Um, kind of, and actually, uh, as my husband said earlier in Downton Abbey, like, when um, in one of the seasons, the character of Rose gets uh, comes out to society where she is introduced to the king, and then, like, next season she is married. Uh, next season of the show she gets ends up getting married you know like right away like that's kind of how it goes um so it's like very scandalous oh two seasons and no proposals like oh um because i know that happened in all the ways to ruin a rogue too because mm-hmm. uh she was out for like three seasons and like oh you poor dear yeah oh. yeah so she's um now. she of course oh my god she's 18 and she's already on the shelf right um the Duke Now is the first book. The Viscount Who Loved Me, which is Anthony's story, is the second book. Um, An Offer from a Gentleman is Benedict's story, which is the third book. And then my favorite is Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which is Colin's story, and that's the fourth book. Can uh, I speak the, to that one? No. Okay, no. <laughs> no, don't speak to that one. No, no, no. Don't do it. I'm not. To Sir, to Sir Philip with Love is the fifth one, and When He Was Wicked is the sixth one, and then It's in His kick, the Kiss is the seventh one, and On the Way to the Wedding is the eighth one. Um, 
and that's all the brothers and sisters of the Bridgerton, and they're all wonderful. My favorite, absolute favorite, absolute favorite is the fourth. Book. Okay. I'm going to have to read them all um, because I need to know. I need to figure <laughs> out. I need to now play detective to find out who uh, the uh, gossip Miss girl is. Lady Whistledown. Yeah. I need to know. I uh, I want to see. I want to see. I want to find out. I really want to know. I'm anxious to watch the television show now. Um, I'm only going to watch episode one on Christmas Day. I will watch the rest, obviously, before we talk about it. Um, but, yes, I'm anxious to see uh, what Miss uh, Shonda does with with the show. Um, uh-huh. And also because it's on Netflix, so you know that there's going to definitely be a little bit more spice than there would be on which is what the books are. The books are not uh, safe for work, for sure. Not they're, safe for work, but they're not okay. But they're not. They're not brotherhood level. No, no, no they're not. No. They're not. They're, they're tamer. Not, they're much they're, tamer. They're they're uh, they're just they're like a they're a few notches above. Like they're in the median um, mm-hmm. of. Uh, where where this this I would say I feel like the Tessa uh uh dare is a little more vulgar than Yes it is. This. Yes because absolutely. they'll actually say the words here, the words are not really yep. mentioned. But uh, it changes. It does. It oh, does it develops the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it develops with the series. And when you read her other series as well, but Julia Quinn is very uh clean ish in her writing. So it's not as um, it's not Joanna Shop. Uh, it's not Joanna um, no. Shoops or even Sophie Jordan's level of um, no. hotness. Uh, um, I mean, it's. I would say I would think out of the bodice rippers that we're discussing, I would say this book, this series. If you're real, this is a good place to start. Um, yeah. Not to say that the Prince of Broadway, like that's. Prince of Broadway was more <clears throat> like, okay, you think you know what a bodice ripper is? Read this one. Mm-hmm. This, you know what a bodice ripper is? This is a good, like, and you want to read? This is a good place to start because you have eight books. You have eight books to delve into a world and explain and explain how the world of the bodice ripper really works, um, especially with uh, through the scandal sheets uh, in the beginning of each chapter. Mm-hmm. That um, it's the voice of the ton, if you will. Like that's how the ton is going to view the situations that are gonna ha- that are gonna play out in each chapter. You um, are going to be shocked. I bet you I'm not. Um, yes, you are. But anyways, um, I'm gonna tell you why I'm not gonna be shocked because yes. I saw the whole Blay was gay thing before you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. True, but I don't know if you'll see this lady whistle down thing. But I, you'll tell me after this, right? After we finish, you're gonna tell me who you think it is. Yes. Okay. Um, good. Um, but I, I want to just say one last thing before I let Colleen finish because I keep interrupting her all no. evening. I am so sorry, Colleen. It's fine. Um, it is done you. out of love. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've never interrupted you ever. There is a um, there is a different book by Julia Quinn. And it's called Secrets, uh, The Secret Diaries of Miss Miranda Shiver. And um, I had, this is how 
speaking of Kim, who's a friend of the pod, this is how I introduced Kim to Julia Quinn with that book. And um, I want to want you to read it, Colleen, but after you finish the Bridgertons, of course. But um, that was a wonderful, wonderful book. And that is a little bit um, risque. Risque. Yeah, a little bit more risque than this one, for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it changes. The hotness um, changes. The level well, of it changes. Um well, there's another author. I don't know if we discussed it on the Tessa Dare episode, but okay. So there. So when we, I said maybe the the, the Highlanders. That's a whole other set. Like there's a lot of like there's a lot of Dukes in the Regency. There's mm-hmm. also a lot of Highlanders. If we want to go, like for that's another uh, trend in romance novels. That again could be its whole month. And there's one particular author that I'm thinking of. Uh, Maya Banks. She had so Maya Banks has the Highlander books, which they are very um, spicy. But then she has these other books that are like, oh, these are not safe at all. They are. Um, they could be a little bit uh, naughtier than Jared Ward. If though, like, so she has like it's two very opposite ends of neither of them are safe for work. But I'm just saying two very opposite ends of. Uh, the uh, sex spectrum, if you will. Um, so maybe maybe one month we're going to have to pick it to be Highlander month. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm sure we could. there's a plethora of those books, too. But um, now we have to do our little uh, scale. Simon, I think, uh, is very much of the James Fraser ilk, in my opinion, and is thus my favorite so far of our... Uh, not that I didn't love uh, Ransom in Tessa Dare's book. Um, I think they're both on the same par, but I think Simon and Ransom are like, it depends on it, when I reread who I will like better. I think that's how that's going to fall. Mm. I always have, um, well, they're, I don't know. I really, really like Simon very, very much. I had, um, you know, a soft spot for him. I do like Simon's um, disregard, if you may say, um, to the ton, as well as Simon's. They both really disregard them very much. I do love Simon and his um, character. I'm, I'm confused. I'm conflicted. I don't know. <laughs> I like them both very much. I do. And um, Daphne, she is definitely... Um... She is definitely brilliant um, in a lot. Uh, she's able to, you know, especially the way she uh, deduces things. And she is very, um, she is very smart in her own way. She's like, oh, I'm not very good at mathematics, but um, she loves literature and history. Um, you know, she was encouraged to like, you know, very much, very well educated. She is. Uh, she's well educated, well spoken. Yes. Uh, well read young woman yes and um and you, you can tell that she's very intelligent she knows how to take care of herself she can punch a, a dude yeah uh, cuz she punched nigel which i don't know why i called him freddy before i'm not sure where freddy came from yeah. his name is nigel bearbrook um so she punched him um you know and he went down um like the baby he is um yeah. But yeah, so um, 
I love Daphne. I love her character. I enjoy her very much as well. And I think also, uh, and I know we, we, uh, we've said this before, there's a lot of the side characters that I'm like, oh, now I definitely want to go read more. I want more of these characters. So, mm-hmm. yes, very interested to see what the show is going to come, like what's going to come of it. Um, and like I said, I think probably going forward as I'm reading more of the books, I'm going to probably hear the actors who portray the characters on the show as I'm reading the books. Um, that's, that's probably what's going to happen yeah, to me. I re- yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I think once we watch it, um, it's just going to change depending on how we feel about it, which I have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to like it, but um, you know, um, it depends how we feel about it. But also if I really do suggest that you read the books first uh, before you watch the show, at least the first two books. Um, But, um, and once you get into the books, you're going to get into this roller coaster of other families that are kind of involved in this, and this other series that are interwined with this. And it's going to be a joyful, joyful um, read for anyone that embarks on it. So I'm very happy that we introduced you. If we have, I don't know if you've read Julia Quinn before, but if we have introduced you to Julia Quinn, it's been, uh, you know, it's my pleasure and honor to do so as well. Because uh, I feel very, very happy that I got Colleen to read it and that she loved it, which and, makes me very happy. And I have to say, I was very anxious to read it. Um, because the hype that Mm -hmm. surrounded it, that I was like, oh no, what if I'm going to read this book and then I'm going to hate it? And now like it's becoming this thing and I'm like, oh no. But then like, as I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, I have so many thoughts, but no, I have to save them to talk about here. Um, because I very, I was instantly intrigued by Simon. Um, like very excited to get like, for the through line for the rest of his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know more about this Bridgerton clan. Uh, obviously as I'm reading it, but now even more so after reading, it, I'm like, yep, got to Now I have to read the rest of them. Um, so I will, I will definitely see if I can squeeze in reading <laughs> at least Anthony's book before yeah. the show drops on December 25th. But for next week, we are discussing. It is a uh, now uh, we said Christmas time is also a fun, a fan favorite or an author favorite. Uh, there's a lot of Christmas romance books. There are so many. Like yeah. you can build a Christmas tree out of the Christmas books that exist. Um, but there was one that came out uh, a couple years ago that is. How the Duke Stole Christmas. Play it, how, a play on how the Grinch stole Christmas, if you will. <laughs> and it has, it's uh, four different stories by four amazing authors. We've read three of them. Um, we've read Tessa Dare. We've read Sophie Jordan. We read Joanna Shoup. And we are reading Sarah McLean later in 2021. She is kicking off our 2021. She is kicking off our new year. Yes, she is. And um, so we can't wait. This is going to be fun. I I have, um, you know, I've I've told Colleen this. I have a signed copy of the book, um, but I did purchase it um, as an ebook because it was on sale for Cyber Week. Yes. Um, and it was, um, so I snagged it. I was like, I need this book in my life. Again. Well, I, yeah. Well, I have the audiobook, which I started, which is 
that's the audiobook that I, my husband was like, eh, no. Uh, <laughs> I said, wrong part. Uh, so yes, uh, the, they are all, they are all inter, they're vignettes. If you, there are four different vignettes and they all are all intertwined. Um, Dukes are all in, involved in all of them. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, I love them all, but I think, uh, I, I do have a personal favorite out of the four. I'm not going to reveal it, um, <laughs> at all, but it, it's a good, uh, and I it's a good little, okay, Christmas, read four different stories of Dukes being them special selves. <laughs> but until then, until next time, gotta, good night, gotta. Good night, Colleen. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Romance Bar. You could also email us at romancebar at acpnet.net.